I tell you, I love Christmas, and I've always, you know, ever since I was a little kid, of course, when I was a little kid, I enjoyed Christmas because I enjoyed getting all the presents. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and you know, I don't know that I ever totally grew out of that, uh, to be honest with you, but at the same time, uh, you know, the focal point now, you know, when you have six kids, it's not, you know, what am I going to get for Christmas, it's, you know, what am I going to give all, all the kids for Christmas, and then, more importantly, how am I going to pay for all the Christmas presents? And uh, I had this great idea that I told my wife we should do this year so we can give the kids a Christmas that they'll never forget. Because, you know, part of the fun of Christmas is the anticipation, the excitement. And so I thought, you know what? Let's do this. Let's, I mean, just build it up. Let's just tell our kids, man, this is going to be a Christmas that they're never going to forget. It's going to be exciting. I mean, just get them excited. Get them all fired up. And then, when Christmas Day comes, we will give them like an orange and you know a penny and you know all the things that your grandma told you that that's all they got for Christmas. And you think that's terrible. You know what a horrible you know parent that would be. But here's the thing: look at what we're giving them. We're giving them a great story they can tell their grandkids because just like your grandma had, you you don't have that to be able to tell it. And so. That's a great gift, isn't it? And then they get all the fun and the anticipation. Uh, it's probably not good. They probably need some therapy, wouldn't they? But <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a great idea and it saved a lot of money. And you know what? They wouldn't have forgot it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, my wife talked me out of that one, and we didn't go through with it. So, uh, so Christmas was expensive this year. And you know, I was when I was Christmas shopping. I know all parents, especially if you have older kids, you can relate with this. You know, I was going, I was, I was going by these boy toys, you know, toys for boys, and you know, it was, but it was for like four and five years old, you know, olds. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, man, these are these are cheap, you know, these are presents I can afford. I remember when these were the Christmas presents I bought my kids, and they'd be all excited. But now they're getting older. Um, you know, those $5 toys don't excite them that much anymore. You know? And I remember we went to a Dollar Tree one time, and I spent a dollar on these bow and arrows for the boys. And I'm telling you, they loved those and played with them for a long time until they wore them out. Best dollar I ever spent on the kids. And golf clubs, I bought Tommy a plastic set of golf clubs. They're like $5. And he went through like three sets of those. But then he got older and wanted real golf clubs. And so... Uh, you all you all know what it's like, and and uh, we can all relate with that. But it is it, it's it's fun giving the presents, and I I, I think I enjoy Christmas uh, just as much now. I enjoy uh, you know getting the kids all fired up and excited, and we just wrapped all the presents the other night and brought them out, and you know the kids they've been uh, just you know going crazy ever since. And so uh, and then tomorrow though I get to torture them back because. Um, I'm, you know, I'll probably try to sleep in. I don't know if they'll let me, but uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, we'll go to the book of Luke tonight, chapter two. Very, uh, this is where we uh, see the Christmas story, Luke chapter two. But I want to give you a thought tonight because Christmas, what it's really all about, is Jesus's first coming. This is God's first coming that he had. You hear a lot of talk in church about the second coming of Christ, and we're going to look at that a little bit tonight. In fact, we've been talking a lot about the second coming of Christ on Wednesday nights, and I got to thinking about his first coming, and there's some things that I want us to learn from his first coming that I think will help us prepare for his second coming. Because when we, well, let's go ahead and read uh, a little bit of the Christmas story in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days, 
that there went a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want to stop reading right there for a minute, but we all, that part where it says there was no room for him in the end, I think we talked a little bit about this Sunday, how I think if people would have known that that was the Messiah about to be born, I think they would have made a place for him. For sure, they would have done that. But, and I got, you know, and I got to thinking about it, you know, what if I would have been there? You know, what if I lived in Bethlehem during that time? What would I have done? I, you know, I like to think. Now, you know, I know there's no way of knowing it. And the truth is, we probably would have been, if I'd have been there, I probably would have been like everybody else. And I'd have totally ignored the fact that the Messiah was just about to be born. I wouldn't have seen it coming. I wouldn't have noticed anything about it. But, you know, let's just think about it a little bit. You know, what would we have done? What would I have done if I would have been on earth for his first coming? I like to think that if I would have been there, I like to think I'd have given him a place to stay. You know, I'd like to think that maybe if I would have been there, you know, if you ever done something nice for somebody, you know, maybe uh, you know, gave them the better parking spot or something. You know, you, we 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 try to do that. You try to go out of the way for people and you know, be polite. Maybe you let them cut in front of you in line. You know, I know this time of year you don't do that. You know, have you ever had somebody like cut you off when you had one thing and they cut you off with like a whole big shopping cart full of stuff? Don't you love those people? You know, and, but you know, thankfully you have the people that see you only have one thing. And they'll let you go in front of them. You know, I like to think that I'm that type of person uh, that thinks that way and will do that type of thing. And I would like to think that if it's me and I'm in the I'm in the inn and here I see a woman coming there that's about to have a baby. Okay, I like to think that I would say, you know what, you need this room a lot worse than I do. Why don't you come and you can have you can have my room. I'll go sleep in the barn. I like to think I would have done that. Now I don't know. Maybe I'd be like everybody else. And I wouldn't have done that. I've said this before. You know, you think about that innkeeper. Okay, we don't know the name of the innkeeper. We don't know the name of the inn. But did you know that today you can still go and visit the place where Jesus was born? They they found a cave that they believe that it was in, uh, where the actual spot. You know, I don't they don't know for sure. But people still visit that place today. Very famous spot. Why? Because the Savior was born there. Imagine if that innkeeper would have let him in the end, he could have put it on his advertisements and his brochures that, hey, come stay at the place where the Messiah was born. I mean, boy, that his place would still be in business today, 2,000 years later, if he'd have done that, but he didn't do it. He wasn't prepared. He didn't, he didn't think about him. But I like to think I'd have given him a place to stay. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ is coming again to this earth. He's coming again. He came one time. We weren't there for that. But here's the thing. We might be here when He comes the second time. We just might be here. And I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Because I like to think I would have given Him a place to stay if I would have been there. But here's the thing. Did you know that there's a place right now 
where Jesus Christ wants to stay. There's a place right now where He wants to dwell. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came and dwelled inside of you, didn't He? He dwells inside. He dwells in your heart if you're saved today. And you know what? He wants the He wants to dwell in the heart of every person here. And my question is: Are you going to give Him a place to stay? Are you going to allow Him to come into your heart? Are you going to allow Him to be your Savior? Well, how do I do that, brother Tommy? How do I invite the Savior in? How do I let Him do that? It's real simple. The Bible says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You're a sinner. Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Bible says God commended His love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ came to earth this first time for the sole purpose of eventually going and dying on a cross to pay for your sins. And if you'll believe that and if you'll accept the fact that you're a sinner and that He's a Savior and you'll call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says you shall be saved and His Holy Spirit will dwell in your heart and someday He's coming back for those who are saved. He's coming back for those that the Holy Spirit dwells in. And so, you know what? We can't do nothing about the past, but we can do something about today and we can give the Holy Spirit a place in our heart. That way we can be ready for His second coming. Because when He comes the second time, I want to be ready. I don't want to miss out like all those people did. I wonder how many people kicked themselves later that lived in that same area. Why didn't we open our house up to them? I wish we'd have known we could we could have taken them in. You know, we could have been a help. We could have been a blessing, but they weren't prepared. And the truth is, we don't know when Jesus Christ is going to return, but we can be prepared. We can be ready. Did you know that if you study the Old Testament, that the Bible it prophesied when He would be born. The wise men, they saw it coming. They saw a star in the east. They were watching for Him. They were waiting for Him. The Bible even said what town He would be born in. Bible, I mean, it's right there. They figured it out. A lot of them figured it out after the fact, after it happened. But some saw it coming before. I'd like to think that if I would have been there, I would have put a sign up in my house. <laughs> you know, hey, if you're, you know, you know, free place to stay for the Messiah. You know, and that way Mary and Joseph. Hey, you know what? Maybe this guy knows something. They should have seen it coming. I like to think I'd have done something like that. Well, that, that's kind of extreme. Well, I don't, I just I like to think I, I probably wouldn't have done that, but I like to think that. And the truth is, the Lord has given plenty of signs of His coming. There, whenever it whenever it starts really getting close, we ought to be able to know. We ought to be able to tell. But right now, we ought to be ready. And if you're not saved today, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Invite Him and give Him a place to stay. Another thing I'd like to think that I would have done, we see this in Matthew chapter 2. You don't have to take time to turn over there, but according to tradition, uh, you know, you'll always see the wise men showing up at the manger, uh, bringing the gifts of gold, uh, Frankenstein and myrrh. Did you, I don't know if y'all saw the comic on the back of the bulletin. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, gold, frankincense. And myrrh, and traditionally, you know, it was at the manger. But if you read the Bible, it wasn't until he was about two years old that they finally showed up. They saw his star, and it took him a couple years to get over there. And but when they finally got there, when they finally showed up, they came bearing gifts. 
expensive gifts, valuable gifts, great possessions. They gave those to him. And you know, I like to think that if I would have been there, that I'd have been, I'd have given him something. That I would have given him a gift. Go to Revelation chapter three. Revelation chapter three. Because you know, there are some things that we can give the Savior that we can have ready for him when he comes. Revelation 3, verse 1 says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast the name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how, how, um, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. But we see here in this passage that we're supposed to be watching. We're supposed to be ready for His coming. And you know what? When Jesus Christ, when He returns the second time, I like to think that I'm going to be like those wise men were. I like to think that I would have been like one of those wise men. That I would have been ready. That I would have been watching. I mean, those guys were looking. They were waiting for Him. And they, they were ready. They got, they got to see that. They got to give Him gifts. These wise men, they were prepared for His coming. They knew what to look for. And when you study the Bible, we can see what the signs are. We ought to know when it's really getting close, when it's just about to happen. And we've got to make sure that the, what God wants from us when He returns is very clear. We're not, we don't have time to look in all the Scriptures. But the Bible is very clear that when He returns, you know what He wants from us? He wants to find us being faithful to Him. He wants to find you faithful. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was in Titus. That was written after Luke. That was written after the Christmas story. He came once, but He's coming again and He wants us looking for it. He wants us watching Bible says in Luke 18, verse 8, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth? Shall He find faith? A lot of people say they have faith, but they don't have any works to back it up. Bible says in the book of James that we can show our faith by our works. And what we are, and what God wants from us, when He returns, He wants us looking. What does that mean? How do we look for the coming of Christ? Does that mean that we go sit outside every night, we look up in the sky and say, is this the night? No, that's not what we do. That means we, you should be doing today what you would want to be doing when Jesus Christ returns. If today were the day that Jesus Christ returned, if somehow we could know the day or the hour, what would you be doing when that happened, well, that's what God wants us to do now. He wants us being faithful to the house of God. He wants us studying the Word of God. He wants us being obedient. He wants us, you know, being kind one to another. He wants us, you know, loving our neighbor. He wants all the commandments that we see in the Bible. God wants us doing all those things. And what He's asked from us is that when He returns, when He comes to get us, He wants to find us faithful. He wants to find us looking for Him. He wants to find us ready for Him. A good way to illustrate someone who's not ready. Have you ever been there before when maybe somebody dropped in in your house unexpected? And maybe your house wasn't real clean. Maybe the place was a little bit messy. 
and you, know, you get embarrassed, don't you? You know, maybe you start trying to clean up real quick. I remember when I was a kid, that happened one time. We saw somebody coming up to the house, and the living room was a mess, and my bedroom was right by the living room, and everybody threw everything into my bedroom. And my bedroom still looked the same after that, but <laughs> but we weren't ready. We weren't ready for company. You know, we've got company coming next week, and my wife, she's been doing all kinds of stuff, getting prepared, and you know we. And the truth is, when it comes to our spiritual life, we need to have to, we ought to have things cleaned up. We shouldn't let things get all messy and out of place. And we we don't want to be we shouldn't be in a position where we'd be embarrassed if Jesus Christ returned. He wants to find us faithful, and that's what He's asked from us. And that's a gift that we can give the Savior when He returns a second time. Will He find faith on the earth? And then the last thing that we see that I like to think that I would have done. If you take the time and you read the rest of the story, we see the shepherds, the angels, they told the shepherds, and they 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 went there and they went to the manger and they saw Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I mean, what a sight that must have been to see. And then Sunday we talked about this, how the shepherds, after they saw all those things, they went and they started telling everybody about it. I mean, they're telling everybody that they had seen the Savior. And I like to think that if I would have been there during that time, that not only would I have went there to see Him, not only would I have went there to visit Him, but I like to think that I would have brought other people to see the Messiah too. I like to think I would have been telling other people about it. But here's the thing. when Jesus Christ is coming again. And my question is, are we going to... Get others ready to meet him when he comes a second time. First Thessalonians chapter two, verses nineteen through twenty. I want to read good passage of scripture here. First Thessalonians chapter two. This is this is a, another wonderful gift that we can give to Christ. This is really the best thing that you can give to Christ. It's the best thing you can give to anyone else. First Timothy chapter two and verse nineteen says. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. You know what Paul was saying here? You know what would excite me more than anything? You know what would be a crown of rejoicing? You in the presence of the Lord. Paul knew he was going to be ready when Jesus Christ came, but he didn't want, he didn't want it to just be him. He wanted others too. He wanted the Thessalonians. He wanted them to be ready. I know as a pastor, when the Lord comes, I want to be ready. I hope I'm going to be ready. But I also, I want my family to be ready when Christ returns. I want you all, as you know, from Liberty Baptist Church, I want you to be ready. That'll be exciting for me. I mean, I just can't imagine the thrill of seeing the Lord and just the excitement when He returns. The Bible says you know, we're going to be caught up together with Him with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I mean, it's exciting what we're talking about here, folks. But imagine, I mean, just think about it. Maybe that friend or that neighbor or family member that does not know Christ. That maybe at one time they were lost and on their way to hell and you told them the Gospel. You told them the good news that Jesus Christ, He came to this earth. He paid for the sins of man. He died on that old rugged cross and three days later, He rose again. And you tell them and they believe and they accept that they accept Jesus Christ into their heart and they get saved. And you just had the privilege of being the one to tell them. 
And then, boy, all of a sudden Jesus Christ returns. And not only are you there, but you see other people that you told. I, You know what Paul said? You are a crown of rejoicing. Nobody can take that away from you. Well, when you leave, you know, there's things that we can gain on this earth that someone can take away. You know, I think about some of the gifts that I received when I was a child that I mean just got me all excited. I mean, I, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was a lot like Jason. If you know Jason, he's a little on the insane side and, uh, he, he's, he's got some mental issues, I think, going on, but we get a lot of laughs out of it. I was a lot like that when I was little and my parents, they have some videos of me getting presents that, uh, stirred me up a little bit, got me a little excited. That uh, embarrassed me now if I see those videos. But you know those things that I got so excited about. Many of them, I don't know where they're at. They're gone. They're in the trash. Don't care about them anymore. If I, if you went and got me one of those things today and gave me another one, I'd be, oh okay. I wouldn't care. Not that exciting. But you know, leading somebody to Christ. Nobody can take that from you. That's something that that's a reward that you can't lose. There's some rewards the Bible talks about that we can lose. There are some crowns the Bible talks about that we can lose if we're not faithful. We're not going to get a crown of faithfulness. We're not for the, uh, the, the reward for those who love is appearing. You won't get that if you're not ready. If you're not faithful, but that crown of rejoicing that comes when you bring somebody to Christ, you can't lose that. And you know what? I can't go back in time and bring a whole bunch of people to see Jesus that first time He came, but you know what I can do? Right now, I can go around in my community and I can tell people about Jesus Christ. I can tell them that He's coming again and that He can save their souls. And boy, I'm going to get as many as I can. I mean, how many will be enough? Hey, when the whole world's saved. That's when when we can take a break. That's when we can say our job's done. When everybody, when everybody gets saved, until then, we just have to wait for the Lord's return. And you know what? I like to think that I'd have done it then, and you know, I can prove whether or not I would have done it by whether or not I'm doing it now. Are you doing it now? Are you giving him a place? Have you given him a place to stay? Have you invited him into your heart? Have you asked him to save your soul? Jesus Christ, He's the Savior of the whole world. We talked about it Sunday. The angels said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Jesus Christ, He's it. He's the Savior of the world. He's the only way to the Father. Thomas said, Lord, you know, we know not the way. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. This time of year where we celebrate the birth of Christ, we are celebrating the birth of the only Savior. We're celebrating the time where God came in the form of man to live a perfect life only so He could die a horrible death on an old rugged cross so you and I could have a chance of going to heaven. And if you've, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior, well, I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll talk to one of us. Let us take a Bible. Show you what you need to do so you can know you're saved. It's the most important decision that you could ever make in your life. I mean, that gift that gift of salvation, the most precious gift. Listen, I, I hope you get nice gifts tomorrow. But you know what? The gift of salvation, it blows away any gift you could ever receive on Christmas. There is, there is nothing that compares with it. It's eternal. It's something that you can't lose. And if you've not gotten that, I hope you will get that. And if you're if you are saved today, I hope you'll think about these things. Think back. What if if I would have been there then for his first coming? 
And there's nothing, truth is, there's nothing we can do about that. But there is something we could do about a second coming. I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to be like the innkeeper in Luke chapter 2. I want to be ready for him when he returns a second time. And so with that, I want us to all stand together tonight. Well, I'd like to have a verse of invitation. You know, if there's one that's not sure about their salvation, well, we'd love to have someone talk to you and show you. I mean, it's the most important thing that you could receive. It's the most important thing that you can do to know that you're saved, to know that you're on your way to heaven, to know that you received that gift of salvation. The Bible says it's a gift of God, it's not of works. It's not about being good. It's not about what religion you are. It's just simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hate missing out on things. I don't like missing out on an event. I don't like missing out on a big promotion or giveaway. I'd really hate to miss out on the gift of salvation.